What's good, Internet? And welcome to session 63 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your host and anime enthusiast, Alex Arona. That's right. I'm going to dedicate this entire month to making anime jokes. With me this week is Ghost in the Shell expert, or Shelpert, Joel DeWitt. Hey, Joel. What's the longest you've gone without watching Ghost in the Shell? I, I know you have something pre-written for me here, but I- I've actually never seen that movie. Um, I-, I think I rented it once from our dollar video before it turned into a, a CBD paradise and watched like 10 minutes and dropped off of it. Is, is that something actually worth watching? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like that movie. Uh, but the Scarlett Johansson one, less so, but it isn't that bad. Isn't that bad? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I, it, you know, it's fine. It's fine. ScarJo's fine. I love him. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, I'm pretty much due for a rewatch of that one. I try to avoid watching Akira again. But um, uh, let me wrangle our other co-host, Eric Getty Gettinger. Hey, Getty. Who is your favorite character from Ghost in the Shell? Probably the Tachikoma from Standalone Complex or Sack. I really feel like they thumbed the barrier of, is AI okay? And we all know how that ends. Hold on while I report to Skynet. JK, but not really. So let's get ready for some future action with early adopters. Muddle our way through news with uh, some big system pre-pre-pre-announcements. No, they don't suspect anything. And then rock out in the backlog blog, plus a little IRL. But first, early adopters, where we play play games based completely on our ability to find them on the Steam store. Also, alphas, betas, and games that are pre-release. Uh, this this week, we played Cloudpunk. Cloudpunk is... Uh, it's hard to say. I want, I want to say it is a... Not visual novel. It's not... It's more of a story... It's a punk-like. I wouldn't call it a... What's a punk-like? Joel, it's explain to me punk-like. Now. It's a thing now. What's a punk-like, Joel? Uh, damn it. I'm not, I'm not I'm <laughs> ill-prepared. To you re- just came up with something and it doesn't actually pertain to it, does it? No. All right. No. Sorry. Okay. Fair enough. So, cloud-punk is... I, I, I'm almost thinking like a, a story that you kind of passively participate in. Video games are an active participation medium where you participate in a story. And in some of these games, your participation is almost like it's inconsequential to the story. You're just kind of along for the ride, a la a uh, Neocab, Coffee Talk, uh, something like those kind of games. Cloudpunk kind of fills those, those roles. Uh, Getty, are you familiar with? Have you are you familiar with a little bit of like the Neo Cab or the Coffee Talk? Just from what we've talked about. Yeah, so you are a cab driver, driving a cab, and you're driving from place to place, uh, going to deliver the you pick up these packages and then you deliver them. And it's more about the conversations that happen along the way, where you'll be talking between you and the dispatcher, you and the person picking up the package you meeting people in the environment, but for the most part, you're kind of just hanging out and driving and then having these conversations back and forth. The world looks a lot like Fifth Element. Yeah, I was going to say, looking at the pictures of this, it just looks like you are Corbin Dallas. Yeah, they do have, but the, the artwork's kind of put together in a little voxel, 
almost Minecrafty way, but not like square heads, but definitely like block E. So people, everything looks like like your your car looks like it's pieced together by Legos, but it does fit the bill for the world with these giant skyscrapers in a smog filled filled groundless world, uh, just hovering around and delivering these packages. Joel, you played a little bit of this with me, right? No. You didn't get the chance to? No, afraid not. I uh, my my kids tonight uh, guilt trip me for all the time I haven't been spending with them while being home. Uh, together so uh, i had to uh spend the evening watching uh gumball ah, i love gumball i i you know it's a great show i i did not expect something that funny from my kids to be picked up to watch just like the stuff they watched before was like the super mario brothers super show or some of these really spectacularly mediocre sonic uh, cartoons so. not, not to get off topic but one of my favorite parts of that show is that they throw in little things for adults stuff mm-hmm. that you wouldn't expect like basing an entire episode around star wars or even like right. the idea of the predator Yes, no, I mean, the, there's very smart humor in all of it, so th- I really appreciate that. And it's, But that's also created a dynamic where my oldest will see me laughing at something and saying, like, what's funny about that? <laughs> and me trying to have to explain what I found funny about it. And then you were this like, joke that, ha-ha, it's me shirking off my responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also did not get a chance to play this. I, I got I, to play I re- the next one, though. I, I really wanted to, and I, I started it up, but I, I just, uh, yeah, other obligations took over. I will, I will let you know that the voice work quality does shift. So the main character, uh, you are a girl who just moved to the city, and her voice acting is very well done. But some of these characters sounds like they recorded in their bathroom. So mm. that is my one critique. So Not I could all, have done just, voice work for this? Yeah, kind of. You're right. Sweet. <laughs> I got to start doing that. You could, hey, we, we have a friend who can who can give you some advice. I, I won't would, take it, but I'll listen. <laughs> Step one, dip better equipment. There yeah. we go. Find blue Yeti, whatever that means. <laughs> hey, you say the word, I'll start negging people on OfferUp. No, okay, please so don't ba- neg people. <laughs> so back to Cloudpunk. It is a, a very interesting story about a girl moving to that town because there very much is a high level of like the the poorer people are lower down in the further into the smog the other you know the higher class people higher up into a more clear sky there is little bits and pieces where you find out you get a package from a man and he you or you get the package you deliver it to him he's waiting in line and he says mail this to my family but your handler says no, that needs to go back to us. He didn't pay us. So the thing that you you delivered, bring it back, and we so we can recoup that for money. And you have a choice to mail it to his family or recoup it for the money that he owes the company. And that can have some sort of ramifications down the road. But the interesting story bit was that you find out he is going on an escalator that goes to nowhere and just you die. You go, it's like, you know, a very silly idea, a escalator that goes up and then it just falls straight down. Mm-hmm. But the reason why he's doing that is because he's never seen the sky. Huh. Be- because it's of bleak. all the smog, he just, he, he wants an opportunity to see the sky. He got all of his stuff and he sold it all off and he's giving the last of his remains to his family so he can have the opportunity to see the sky. Did, did you feel like the choice you made in dialogue 
is why he opened that up that detail to you or did it feel like kind of an aside that you'd expect to be said either way it's flavor text to to fill out the the story lore because even your handler goes have you seen the sky and your character goes no and he goes yeah neither have i but that guy's willing to do it. And that's so it's all part of the story. Your mm-hmm. choice may come down at the end. I haven't gotten to a point where it matters. They say that they'll it'll hit you somewhere, like they'll charge you or the company will ding you or something like that. And they even go as far as if you do this mission, all your past discrepancies will be wiped away. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that's gone for. I've only played a couple of hours, but I'm very curious to go more. And I, I am a, a big sucker for these kinds of games. I'm, I haven't played Coffee Talk yet, but I, like, I have it. I bought it. I'm ready to go. These kinds of like passive stories where I just want to learn more about the world and find out what's happening in this kind of mystery because your the Cloudpunk delivery service is illegal in that world. Sure. So you're doing these missions, and it's it's very much just park the car in a parking lot because there's a parking lot everywhere, and you have to find the right spot. Then you have to find your way to the delivery point. And sometimes it has like a, a guard will tell you, no, you're probably a cop. Go get me some illegal drugs. And you have to find uh, just some and some random character that has dealer above his head. Go get drugs and then bring it to the guard and <laughs> then you can get to them. So there's a little bit of a puzzle element, but for the most part, the real the real character comes from like just the conversations, just hanging out and talking. Yeah, Your AI is a dog. And... <laughs> Well, no, but the reason why you have a dog is because you had to sell the dog's body oh, because geez. you were that poor. And then, but it's really cute to hear the dog talking to you and saying like, oh, are we here now? Am I, am I alive? You're like, no, not really, but kind of. You're <laughs> a good boy. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very fun, you know, bit that has, and this character's along for the ride with you, your dog. And he is your AI now helper. And he'll like, oh, search the internet for me. And he'll go and come back and then be like, oh, I got all this stuff for you. Mm. Do they say uh, search the internet or do they say fetch the internet? Huh. Uh, no, it, it's search. Mm. It's search. So, yeah, it's not as cute as it could be. But uh, <laughs> the world, very cool. It's very futuristic. They nailed what the, what the look is. I've kind of been not having my eye on this game for a bit. So I, I'm excited to play more of it. So while, I, you, sorry, while, while you do compare this to... Uh, Neo Cab. One thing that does distinct itself among others is that this. I'm I'm looking at videos and it looks like there's some open world area or at least parts where you have to drive through the city. Oh, it's actually completely up to you. There okay. are highways, and then it's just kind of open outside of the highways. But you can like mm. just pull off of the highway. It's got little lines that look like a wall, but that's just a hologram light. You can go right through it. So on a scale of L.A. Noir to GTA, how meaningful is it actually driving through the city and having stuff to do? It Well, again, it's pretty story-heavy right now. And again, I've only played the first couple hours. So it is, go get this package, deliver the package, and then your handler comes on and goes, hey, good job, now you got to go do this. And then you ask them a question, there's some dialogue and some mystery, then you go get the package, deliver it. More dialogue, more mystery, and it kind of goes back and forth that way. Do they allow so, you to change the filter to a sepia or black and white tone in the settings? No, but I have changed the tail lights on my my uh, car so that it has like a nice yellow neon f- trail. 
And um, okay. the, the thing about the driving is that if you're on a highway, you just go faster. But you can pull off. Can you crash? You and how <laughs> satisfying are the crashes? Uh, they're okay. It's okay. It's not like a big explosion or anything. You just bump into everybody. No. Oh. Yeah, it's bumper cars. Uh, but uh, it's Cloudpunk, I'm very intrigued. I want to know more. I'm going to keep playing this. I think this is going to go on the beat list for for me. Uh, Joel, I do recommend you giving it a shot because I know you have it, right? Yeah, I do. And I'm. Let, let's uh, put a pin on that to touch back on NetSuite because I'm going to make a point to check this out. Ooh. Yeah, especially if you're like, again, with NeoCab, the more the uh, the more gameplay was based on what your what uh, conversation choices there are, right? And in this case, it's more just about you playing an active role and just trying to get from point A to point B while just listening to what's going on in the conversation in that story. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, Cloudpunk, uh, a very interesting take on something like that. Next, Getty, you and me played Daymare, nineteen ninety eight. Yep. Tell me a little bit about Daymare. So, do you like Resident Evil? I do. And this Especially is those that. remakes. This is this is Resident Evil. Like it's, it's a little painful <laughs> how on the nose this game is, um, to the to the point where you work for Hades instead of Star. Yeah, so, and it's got the it's it's a it's a yeah it's it's H A D E S with like the period it's a it, it stands for something yeah it's an abbreviation what. but yeah. even from like right off the get go the uh, it has the feel of the original Resident Evil when they remade it for geez GameCube yeah does that yeah. make sense okay yeah yeah so when they redid it for GameCube that's what this is like uh, the the controls are much more akin to almost one of the remakes, even. It's not as tanky. Or you don't have to worry about the ability to aim high, low, or in the middle. But <laughs> all the way... So you it, it opens pretty uh, innocuously. You're obviously part of this Special Forces team, uh, and you're being dropped onto this facility so that you can claim uh, some of the materials that seem to have caused everybody to become zombies and uh, yeah it's it's pretty obvious that this pulls heavily from resident evil to to you're walking down and everything's like dead around you and then you activate something and then on your way back everything's standing up it's shambling towards you (laughs) no wait no you you want to for me oh uh, see here we go the re no no I'm, I'm not complaining what I'm saying is what really the stickler for me was oh this is just Resident Evil the inventory is the the grid blocks you know just the yep, blocks for items right. and you'll have like a box of bullets and then you'll have a clip and you hit the box of bullets and you hit combine and then you combine with the clip and you fill the clip when you walk up to an item to interact with it like a note. It does the pop-up on, like, the paper, almost identical to Resident Evil, with the same kind of font that's scrawled across it. So you're looking at it like, yep, this is, uh, this is not the most creative, but from what I was able to play, it's 
not that bad if you're looking for a Resident Evil clone. Honestly, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm looking at a video here. And I'm I'm even impressed with the uh, the the videos, the uh, cutscenes. Like it it looks like that sort of like uh, PS2 era Resident Evil style graphics almost intentionally looking and some of it looks it, amazing and other parts are like wow this character is rendered terribly yeah i think that the lighting and the shading definitely seems a lot more current in quality than mm-hmm. than anything but like the character models have that kind of uh barbie or ken doll shine to their faces and they look like they walk move kind of rigidly so it, it definitely looks like it has that feel yeah and you get you also get the the bad 90s attitude where yeah. the hero is very much like get out of my face just oh very my gosh. gruff and trying to be just edgy just a little bit edgy let's talk about that so when you get dropped off like it the mood is kind of set that you don't know what to expect so one of the first things that happens is when they go inside uh you find a survivor and mm-hmm. the game makes you execute him Yep. It's like <laughs> I found the survivor and I followed protocol. Like, and then they give you the tutorial. Geez. Then they give you the tutorial on how to shoot a gun and they don't let you out of it. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I think that there's like a much deeper story to tell here, but it kind of I Alex, you're going to have to help me. It, this is not the first game that they've put out. There was like a one before this. And I think that it's supposed to be following the same kind of story arc. Uh, well, I'm not aware of that, but let me take a look here. Because uh, when I was like on the the Steam page, like looking at this, I was like, it seems like there was something else that they put out. And even from the way that the character is interacting, it seems like this isn't his first song and dance. Oh, I can totally see that. Yeah, for because, sure. Because, you know, in in the original Ari, your character's like, oh my god, what the hell is going on? This guy's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, doesn't even yeah. think about it, doesn't even question the fact that there's corpses shambling towards you. It's it's definitely got that feel that he's he's seen some shit before. Yeah, and uh, again, I'm very interested in how... The, how this is such a, such a strange, like creation this screams like a indie dev just testing stuff out but kind of the reason that we're bringing this up and discussing it is because this is on ps4 and xbox now <laughs> yeah when you said that it's i legitimately was like, out really out. weirded coming, out yeah. yeah so it's like it just screams like you see all of those different games on steam that are just like random oh this oh they really took one idea and made it look very close to say what the original was and just like oh i'm just messing around with with stuff and i just threw something on steam but these guys like this looks like re4 and plays like re4 and they somehow got it on on ps4 and xbox I, it's good on them it's real good. It's surprised by that real yeah. surprised and that's got like this is there are i i look at i want to say at least 30 betas a day or a week, a week. Oh Jesus! I, I was gonna say like Alex. No, thir- no, thirty. I'm gonna throw a week. up for I see, you. I see, th- I see thirty betas a week, and this one has been up and out. Like beta, the beta testing has been going on for a long time, and I've wanted. I've, I've kind of like been like, oh, that looks. 
I don't know if I feel that that does anything new. And now playing it, it doesn't do anything new. But I guess what's new is the fact that they were bold enough to make it so close and to have a very specific idea in mind. And then they just committed the whole way and be like, well, you know what? Unless they sue, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) It's ballsy as hell. uh, Yeah, it's ballsy as hell. So I got to commend these guys who made the game that I'm just like, oh, good. Good on you. You stuck to your guns. Uh, Invader Studios, you did it. Good on you. I hope everybody enjoyed the sound of the clock in my dining room. That just went off a second ago. And uh, I promise you, you'll be hearing it in the next 60 minutes as well. Nice. I like how smooth you interrupted with that. Yeah. (laughs) It was real sexy. Hey, Super GG Radio, my clock is going bonkers right now. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) He went ASMR on I'm going bonkers for you. Bing bong, bing bong. Maybe you should read the news. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I am actually proud of the news this week. So, so Daymare nineteen ninety eight. It's not doing anything new, but it's ballsy because it's not doing anything new, and I think that's commendable, and I think it's fantastic. They didn't get sued yet. Yet. <laughs> so. Moving on, I gotta ask, what kind of IP should the Super GG Radio video game be based on? Or, st- steal. St- homage. Homage. There Not you go. Steal. My vote, papers please, but it's just me assigning podcast work and it never gets done. What do you think, Getty? <laughs> I think you just called Joel out. <laughs> Joel? I think it should be an Artanoid clone. There we go. Alright. There we go. But for now... Let's take a break. some candles and a bottle of Mr. Bubbles if you catch my meaning. What is the meaning? And what is Mr. Bubbles? Uh, it's bubble bath. Oh! Okay. I thought it was like bubbly. There was a joke I heard in middle school about bubbles. Nope. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Nope. Cutting you off. off. I wasn't going to offer to say it. Okay, going into news. First piece of news, EA not making Skate 4, instead making Skate 3 for mobile. This is the second scoop to come out of a podcast. Getty, I listen to this podcast. I want to tell you about it. It's called The Nine Club. But we already are on a podcast. Why do you have to tell me about another podcast? <laughs> I have... I, I'm, I, I'm a skateboarder, and so I listen to this podcast where they have old skateboarders, which old is big quotes because to an old retired skateboarder the age is like 30. It's legitimately like 30. So well, yeah, they have you these fucking destroy your body skate- through that. <clears throat> yeah. And they have them on and they just kind of discuss how they grew up, how they started skating, who they got sponsored by and how their career went until they retired generally. And they do have co- modern skaters too, but a lot of it is like, oh, they did Bam Margera. Oh, they had Tony Hawk. They had all these people on there. And one of the guys is a man named Jason Dill. Mm-hmm. who is an Dill. older skateboarder who now, you know, they move on to, like, now he owns his own company and runs it and is less of the pro skater side. 
he is also an art guy, the kind of art, weird artsy kind of guy who will like paint his body and then jump onto a canvas. He's that kind of crazy. Where is this going? Uh, he <laughs> was on the fo- he got a phone call from EA because he was in Skate Three, and they said and he goes, "Oh yeah, that's fine. You know, Skate Four is cool." And they're like, "No, we're not going to do that." And he's like, "No, you need to do that." And they said, "No, we're going to make Skate Three for mobile. We're not going to do Skate Four. And uh, he said, "Well, good luck. Take me out of Skate Three. And then on the Nine Club, he told them this story. I uh, talked to one of the co-hosts, Kelly Hart, and uh, talked to him about it. And this is the second scoop because they also did an interview previously with a pro, with a female pro skater who said she was going to be in the next Tony Hawk. When they had said that they weren't making that. All right. So I guess they're a more legitimate source than we are. Yeah, apparently. Thanks for knocking us down a peg or two. Which is funny enough, again, I talked to one of the co-hosts and he was like, I don't know how this keeps happening. We have nothing to do with video games. At all. <laughs> I guess you should just go on there and be like, give me all of your news. Yeah. Well, it's, it's more because skateboarders aren't necessarily, they're not paying attention to contracts as much. They make poor business decisions. Because that's not, like, video games is kind of a secondary thing to what their, their, you know, what their job is. So for for a pro skateboarder, what is a post retirement life like? Uh, a lot of it is real estate, uh, honestly, real estate or working hmm. within the industry, becoming team managers and financial managers and that kind of idea. Or uh, actually, there is a brew uh, a brewery. I can't remember what they're called, a Black Plague Brewery, hmm. as well as uh, Saint Archer, Saint Archer the. Uh, the the cider, the hard cider, both pro skater started and sold to Anheuser for millions. That was like eleven pro skateboarders who all f- pulled their money together, so they made a bunch of money off of that. Hmm. Not bad, not bad at all. I just kind but of so imagine was- like vanilla ice, <laughs> kind of like flip your house. Oh yeah, they yeah again they do a lot like a lot of them become real estate agents. That's it's a big thing. All right. So how bummed out are you, Alex? About what? He missed his calling. Skate 4. Skate 4? Yeah. I I don't know if I loved Skate 3. It got real wacky, and I didn't need the wacky. Wacky how? Like like uh Tony Hawk's Underground wacky? Yes, it started to get hmm. like the, the the tricks weren't like that, but the idea of the game was like that where you had to do these different stunts and I just wanted to skate the city. And, and, it, and in fact, all of those games, I beat the story as fast as possible just so I could just skate around the city. I didn't really want to play the story. Yep. Anyway. Hashtag Skate 4. Next, uh, can, talking about EA, they are supposedly working on a Mass Effect trilogy collection remaster. Uh, and uh, one thought is that it will be within a year. You say remaster, like, for the current gen? That's the question. Because I, I have know. the last anthology, whatever collection, that they put out on PlayStation 3. Now, would you replay it on PS4 or PS5? Is that a real question? <laughs> Joel, would you actually play these games on PS4 or PS5? <laughs> uh, it depends on what remastering means, because... Uh, I did start one. Actually, I started. I tried starting one three or four times, and then the last time I actually gave it an honest try. It 
I got into it and I liked the characters and where they were going with the general thrust of the story. But then I, it just sort of wore me out with a lot of different loading times and, uh, yeah, you know, is it called the Citadel? Is that the the sort mm-hmm. of the Citadel? Yeah. Uh, and, hey, and that's that, my favorite. That's my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> <sighs> but but I felt like I was spending a lot of time wandering around and then sitting through loading times and it just sort of it, it took me out of it. So if if a remaster in this case meant also trying to grind out some of those longer sort of sequences of that, then maybe um, it wouldn't hurt either. If I know that the original trilogy collection they did didn't include DLC, so like it seems like a no-brainer it's to me not, to include stuff like it's that. It's not true. But it included some of the DLC. It actually included all the DLC for the first two games and none for the third. That's what it was. Okay. Which is. Which is crappy because I played the third one when I was going through that entire series back to back, and it was way—I want to say five years after those games had come out—and DLC was still like twenty bucks. Right, you got to—you got to get the money, Alex. Rip that microtransactions. Otherwise, yeah, they ain't on Steam. They ain't on Steam. (laughs) I got to go to the Origin Store. Yep. Wait, I have Mm -hmm. Mass Effect One. On Steam? One and two yeah. were on Steam. Uh, three was not. Yep. They created the Origin Store, and then they put it uh, exclusively on there. I know, because I went through that hubbubaloo. Hub- I did Hub-a-bub-a. it, I did it. Uh, Joel, one of the jokes is that you can choose to become an ambassador mm-hmm. for a store uh, on the Citadel, and then throughout the game you hear a commercial of yourself saying, I'm whatever, and this is my favorite store on Shepherd. the Citadel. Really? <laughs> no, can't you change his name? But no, you're Shepard. Oh, yeah, I guess. Did you even finish you the third it. game? <laughs> yes, I know. And I, I did the DLC. I paid 20 bucks for the DLC to have the best friends party. Alex, that's like the whole thing. Like, you are the shepherd of people. Oh, God uh, yeah, damn that's it. that's stupid. That's stupid. Oh, they spent all of these I, hours creating a story that makes you I an allegory while, for I Jesus. I sat by standard to Andromeda <laughs> for like eight hours last Saturday. I watched The Matrix, fun. okay? Don't you talk to me about allegories. Jesus. <laughs> Neo is Jesus. Okay. No, that's that's legit. My, uh, my church definitely had us watch The Matrix and then talked about it philosophically after. Wow. <laughs> Did I, That's a choice. did I ever tell That's, you guys a story about Steve and the third Matrix movie? No, but I think you have to tell it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So completely unrelated to this podcast, uh, we went to go see the third Matrix movie opening. It was like the, the week after. Maybe it was opening weekend. Uh, but like Steve got everybody hyped up for it. We got everybody together. There were like four or five of us. So he drove... I drove, and we grabbed all these people and took them with. And then, not even like ten minutes into the movie, Steve drank like the two liter of soda that he had and ate a ton of popcorn, and then barfed. And he left. <laughs> to this day, I don't think he's ever seen that movie. <laughs> did he just, barf just, just, in the theater? No. Yeah, that's okay. He did. Not, he got up. <laughs> he barfed, and then he came back. He's like, "Dude, I just barfed everywhere. I'm gonna go home." Uh, I, I was I was feeling bad for some janitor for a second. Yeah, it'd be funny if it just cleared out the entire theater. Yeah, no, yeah. I sat through that. It was, 
It was not my favorite movie. God. No, we were always in trouble during the during high school at the crappy rundown movie theater that I worked at, so our managers would run into the theater and yell, Neo dies at the end, and then run away. <laughs> they were mean. That's, that's too far. Yep. Okay, next piece of news. Xbox will be giving uh, slow updates on the Xbox Series X uh, you know, over the course of the months towards release. So the first one was today that just included a couple of game trailers that are exclusive to Xbox Series X and just what the technology would look like as far as what gameplay was. So these are it like was okay. pre-announcements, pre-pre-announcements. It, w- it was okay. It just—it's more the fact of that like there's no details other than, oh man, we got these games. You should check out these games. Here, check out this game. Here, check out this other game. But like no oh. other information. A lot of those games were very Xbox. Like they're very like, oh, you're you're mature adult men, so this is going to be mature graphic stuff. <laughs> or uh, like uh, there was that one that was kind of like an, eh, it was body horror-ish, right? Like the yeah yeah like the the walls were looked like. Uh, dried human skin or something like that, and they're like bodies of these people or humanoid things. But is that the scorn like, no. game? Yes. 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 Yeah. So like it's, and it looked impressive in that it looked very uh, realistically disturbing. But like, you didn't get any idea what kind of game that was <laughs> from the trailer because it was all just the the cinematic, and and then. Uh, there was an anime game. Uh, it looked like a, a sort of action, a character action game. Uh, I forget the name of that one. but Hold on, I have the list here. Scarlet. Scarlet, yep. Okay. All oh, right. sorry, Scarlet uh, Nexus. Okay. So, like, that was that was one that maybe doesn't necessarily fit in my mind of what Microsoft's stuff is. Uh, and then Yakuza being one of them that they highlight seemed interesting Which- to me which uh, joel have yeah. you looked into that one uh, i know that it's more of an rpg than a uh open world type game right yes but the 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 funny part is is that they added all the wackiness of yakuza so there are summons and the summons like a sumo wrestler mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you your weapons that you can equip are like a bicycle you can like use it like in your hands carry it around and smash people with it that, you know, that, I, I get the feeling that might be one of those series someday where I, I look back and give it a shot and be like, you know, I should have checked this out earlier or something. Well, this is part seven, and it's where they're starting the series outside of what the initial... Yakuza 0 through 6 are about one guy. Yeah. And by okay. the end, like, by Yakuza 6, he's in his 50s. <laughs> so it, it, it that is all a very long story, and it's like a legitimately really uh, I'm told a really decent one mm-hmm. but now with seven it's a completely new character I think the same t- city quote unquote whatever because it's a fake city I believe but it is completely separate from that guy from that main character of the first uh, zero through six gotcha okay yeah. it's called it, it's Yakuza like a dragon <laughs> that's that it's Yakuza seven like a dragon <laughs> so that sounds really funny what else is on that list Getty? Oh, I already Madden. navigated away. I got bored. Madden. Ma- they spent- yeah, Dirt 5, Madden. Yeah. Something Sea of Call or Call of the Sea. 
there was a first person shooter at the start that looked kind of wacky because it was like it started with the first person shooter shooting guns and then it would be like some sort of uh, medieval or classic uh, warrior that shows up and then it turned into like a, a sword battle and stuff and I saw okay. that and you know what I have to say to that that guy had too many hands he had a rifle he threw a grenade he and then he would aim down the sights and then all of a sudden chop somebody's arm off like he just had too much stuff going on that like I felt like he couldn't do all of that stuff with the only two hands <laughs> Are you trying to say that Doro could not have been the man in that video? It was a lady, but it was I you know, maybe on. it was a Shiva. Goro the, wasn't there, that dexterity. He didn't have there, that there's, There was a she Doro in Mortal Kombat. I forgot her name. Yeah, though. I think her name was Shiva. Shiva. I'm looking into it right now. Yeah, you do that while I <laughs> knock your Goro. That guy had very little control over all of those arms, and he only had <laughs> uh, three fingers. Hmm. So. Definitely not that dexterous. Yeah. Dex- dexterous? Dexterous. I think that's it. Okay. Nailed it. It's okay. Nailed it. Okay. Uh, next piece of news. Ubisoft registers new Prince of Persia domain. Uh, after the release of... Th- uh, there, some footage was released of a canceled Prince of Persia game. Eh. So, uh, have you guys ever played the Prince of Persia games? No, this is a big blind spot for me. I have... What, did you play them all, or some? What? All, all of them? That's pretty ambitious, Alex. How many did you play? <laughs> I started... I, that was, again, during that time when I was going to go through all of the series. I did Mass Effect, and then I went. I started to go through Prince of Persia, uh-huh. and I stopped myself. I think I made it to the third one when they started doing all the newer ones back in the day. I Mine was when, they, when the, the first time mechanic. Yeah, I played two others after that. Yeah, okay, there we go. Uh, they're fun, Joel. They're fun. Parkour, run fast, time travel if you fuck up. Good stuff. Yeah, just don't mess up too many times. Yep. <laughs> Next, Getty, you should be hyped. Destiny 2 coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. Oh, which yeah. Which does spit in the face of there actually being a Destiny 3. Aren't you excited to pay for Destiny 2 again? No, I think at that point it'll be free. <laughs> Because it, uh, it's free now. I I hope free that nine, they... Nine. Well, well, is the DLC transferable, though? For me, yes. <laughs> I have it all, Shiva. so I just need to do the transfer thinger. If, if there's account unification for Bungie stuff, by the time PS5 and Xbox Series X shows up, then I will be more interested in this kind of stuff. You know that's a thing right now. You can go from your PlayStation. I know from to PS4 your... to PC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so you're talking about if you'll but, be able to? I I don't see why not. But I, I didn't I didn't think that it included the DLC. You know, like, like the latest one if you bought it or something like that. It's whatever um, you have, as far as I know. Hmm. I'll well, have to look into that again. You know, but like, yeah. I, I, look, we're playing Anthem, so I'm not worried about this right now. <laughs> You're really putting all your eggs in one basket there. Yeah, we got like all, all according all to all in on Anthem 2020. <laughs> yeah, we have at least two more hours. Um, yeah, 2020, well, the year of Anthem. There we go. It's coming back, guys. It's 
It's coming back. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Let's see back. what they do with it. If they are as successful as uh, Square is with Final Fantasy fourteen when they re-released it. Could be good. That's a... That's not the norm. It's not, but... They've been at it for a while so far. I heard that they moved on to Dragon Age. Oh. If the Bulls well, draft another Michael Jordan, <laughs> then they'll be the best team in NBA. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> uh, Shiva was the female Goro. Oh, you got it right. Yep. And I don't play Mortal Kombat, so that's pretty good. Okay. News, you gotta believe me. I didn't know that saying Mr. Bubbles would trigger your Bioshock flashbacks. Oh no, I said it again. Mr. Bubbles, no! I really wanted to read that part. Yeah, it was kind of cartoony. <laughs> you gotta do it more like, Mr. Bubbles, no! Oh, okay. That's you were trying to like... actual line from Bioshock. Got it. Yeah. I didn't read it that way. Uh-huh. It's okay. okay. I, I, in my head. It didn't go that way. That's cool. Well, it's too late now. I guess we're just going to have to take a break and discuss this. Let's figure it out. games yeah you know which ones first game i played felix the reaper and honestly i had played i played this last year uh kind of towards game of the year and i believe it i think it made it on my list or it was a runner-up and i just it's kind of been one of those games that i touch uh roughly once a month or so i'll log back in felix the reaper is a puzzle game. Imagine now a a square diorama of a level. So you'll see some trees. You'll see you know different things like so. Uh, this is the first level was like an Alaskan tribe or like a winter tribe, and so there's trees, huts, different stuff like that, and it's just a square diorama. You can spin it around. You can take a look at different things, and the idea is that Felix the Reaper is a Grim Reaper. He has to set up elaborate scenarios that lead to someone dying and then he gets to take their soul. The way you do it is that you will have the diorama and you can move as much as you want as long as you're in shadows. Hmm. So there is a morning time and an afternoon time you can change the clock. And where you do it, shifts where the sun is and you can go back and forth as much as you want but what by shifting the sun you're moving the shadows that's fascinating so it is for each level is it only one true path one true answer to the puzzle or is it a situation where you can have various options that work as win states for the for the most part it's it's finding the solution to this one puzzle but again, it's a small, if, if you were to take a look at a level, it's small square diorama based. Mm-hmm. Almost like a less cutesy, more stylistic 
treasure uh what's it the captain toad's treasure tracker yeah okay you have to move around in these shadows you'll move to a spot like say behind a tree and then you shift the time uh and then you like shift the time and all of a sudden you're in sunlight so you can't do that but if you move a rock into a spot next to the tree when you shift the clock the rock is now blocking the sunlight so what you're doing is trying to create these different paths to move these scenarios and the game sets up like grab this item move it here and once you do all these you solve the puzzle it plays out that you got the tribesmen to go to this spot then the next part of the like and it's a, they're like you know like a world here's world one Mm-hmm. And then the next part of World 1 is the same kind of map, but now it's like the tribeman's over here, now you got to lead him to here. And you got to move this around here. And eventually, after you defeat all of the different parts of the world, you end the guy ends up dying and you get a soul. Hmm. What do you get out of his soul? Uh, that's just your job. They make it very clear that that's your 9 to 5. You he he punches in. I think he <laughs> he literally walks up to an office and puts his, you know, time card in, punches the clock starts work puts on his headphones and every every level he puts on a pair of headphones clicks his walkman and all of a sudden a nice funky fresh beat pops on nice so this is you is what you're saying (laughs) kind (laughs) of but it's also kind of you getty because he's sitting there like got a clock in and and he just wants to dance (laughs) and he's in love with a lady reaper but everybody there is telling him hey just do your job daddy just wants to dance and he's in love with a lady reaper yep and but everyone just tell everyone's harsh on him saying, "Man, clock in." See, I was gonna go, go with the angle that it's Alex and he's slowly killing me. <laughs> also works because <laughs> Felix doesn't want to do anything but dance, so his soul is slowly getting crushed, like yours, Getty. Oh, mine's gone. There you go. But it is it's a it's got a lot of character because moving from point to point as you move across in these puzzles, he is dancing up a storm, he's shaking his butt, he's hip thrusting, he's tapping along. It's all very fun. The music I like I'm really big on music, I'm really big on soundtracks. Some of these songs need to be funky, need to get upbeat. I want to be able to put on a soundtrack that I'm going to be working out to. And Felix the Reaper is 50/50. Some of those songs are a little too laid back to get me amped up and make me believe he's shaking his butt to the song. Very good. Very entertaining. I like this idea. It's more about the fact that like just some of those songs were a little bit miss. Uh, that being said, I'm not great at puzzles, so it, roughly I need like a month in between for me to be not so frustrated with it. Like, oh, I'm just hitting my head, trying everything. I got to try to figure out how to move this thing to avoid the Yeah, shadows. I was wondering where you're going to go with that. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's fun. It just, it's not something I can keep going at because again, I'm just smacking my head against a wall here. So Felix, the Reaper is a very uh, fun game. I, I, it's on game pass. So it, it could, it could, if you have bank game pass already, it ain't costing you nothing to give it a shot, and I, I I think that you guys should try it out for at least a couple minutes. So you haven't finished it to get the it? flavor. No, I did not finish it. You you definitely piqued my interest in it. It sounds like it to be worth the cost of entry, even if it's a brief stint with it. That's kind of what I mean, though. All you really need to do is play like the first like three or four levels, and you get what the game is trying to do, and it, it just like okay, yeah, I got it. That's that's a really it's a really k- 
character-driven story that makes you feel good about who you are. And you can relate to Felix knowing that you're just like, oh man, he's just he's got to punch a clock. Okay, just do your job. Now, next thing, Getty, you and Joel were playing Wargroove? Is that a question? Kind of, yeah. I don't, I don't know a whole lot about Wargroove. Hold on, I'm trying to find Felix the Reaper on Game Pass. <laughs> Go for it. Still Stranger there. Things 3, the game? Huh. Yeah, yeah they, they made did a Stranger it. Things 3 game. Yeah, it looks like the Super NES-like game. <laughs> they did that for phones with Stranger Things 2. Oh, yeah? How was that? Uh, it, it was, again, looked like an NES game, so it was okay. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll have to find this later because it's, it's not popping up. I'll send it to you. Now, Getty, tell me about Wargroove because I don't know a lot about it. Are you familiar with the... Oh, we just talked about it. Advanced Wars? Advanced Wars. Yeah, the Advanced Wars uh, games, Alex. Uh, not, not not as much. Is it like Fire Emblem? A little bit. Except the amount of... Okay, so... There is a subtle difference. So let me just take a step back and explain Advanced Wars a little bit. So in Advanced Wars you control an army and you have bases in those bases you can create different units based on how many different houses or buildings or different things you control on the map so what what we're looking at at wargroove is the similar kind of game but adding in commander units which i believe didn't come into advanced wars until I'm I'm not actually sure that they even had the the commander units on the field. I don't think they had them on the field. Right. I thought it was more that you chose a commander and then they would have a special ability or perk that you could engage in the match that would add a special condition to the field or something yeah. like that. Like one of them would be like, "Oh, well, when this one's engages, everything turns into a blizzard and your enemy's movement tiles have or something like that good old olaf yep so uh alex uh, let me paint that word picture that you're always asking for so it yep, is please. a grid-based tactics game it's mm-hmm. the characters are all sprite uh when you engage in combat it does like a close-up and it does more of a defined picture of the two units battling so in the tactics portion of it, each of your units, they have different pros and cons, like units that they'll do well against or that they won't do as well fighting. And each of the maps will have different objectives, so you need to balance which units you're selecting and you're creating throughout the course of the match and how you're positioning them because the AI in these games are unforgiving. It's brutal. So some of the missions, it's like standard. uh, You have so many set units. The enemy has so many set units. Go at it. As you get further into the game, it progresses to the point where, okay, there's a big map. You have several different bases where you can spawn units from, but you have to find the right combination of units that's going to take down the enemies 
while at the same time advancing and not yielding any ground in different spots. So one of the things that you have to do is is obviously manage, um, select <laughs> your placement very carefully, and with the addition of the commanders, it makes it a more... I'm trying to think, almost World of Warcraft, not World of Warcraft, Warcraft experience, because in that you would have your like commander unit that you'd be able to use, or at least a hero unit. So the commander units, they're even better than your regular ones, and they have abilities that you can trigger or activate, and each one has a different one. Um, with the different factions, when I was playing, I made it through the first three areas and then I kind of got hung up um, and I put it down for a while more recently they've added a free DLC which added a completely new faction but for example uh, the the base faction is Cherry Stone Kingdom and there's uh, an old mage named Emmerich and his ability is that he can shield a certain area of units so that they don't take as much damage. Okay. Or one of the other factions um, is the Florian tribes, and they have similar, like a mage character named Greenfinger, and what he can do is he creates like an area of growth that block people from being able to progress any further in that, that section of the map. So the commander units definitely add a bit of flavor to your basic uh, <laughs> just tactics going at it back and forth. I see. I really miss Advanced Wars. This just makes me want to go back and play <laughs> those games um, for a lot of different reasons, though. Okay. And did you finish Wargroove? I did not. Like I said, I made it through the the first three areas, and I was like, boy, this is really mean. They do, like, regular quest missions, and then they'll do side missions. And I always want to try and finish the side ones at the same time that I'm finishing mm -hmm. the regular story, just so that I can say, like, hey, I was able to complete this. They are not nice. Like, at all. <laughs> so it was even brutal for you, huh? Yeah. They're... There's some tactics games which I feel like I am able to understand them a little bit better and play to completion. And then there's... See, with Advance Wars, I played all of those ones. I beat them. And yes, they were hard to a certain extent. But in this one, like, there were a couple levels where I knew I was doing it correctly, but the way that the AI would play against me it would just grind it down to a stalemate, and I couldn't figure out a way to get around them to the point where I was like, all right, I'll try and redo this mission again, try and take a different approach, try and flank this time. Still wouldn't work. It was just really not nice to me. It was like an abusive relationship. You couldn't stop playing. No, that's the other game that you gave me. What was the other <laughs> game I gave you? Oh, Below. Below. Yeah, that's an abusive relationship. That'll be a future yeah. episode. 
Now, this one is... It, so, you don't always get to select... You pretty much never get to select your commander that you have access to in the battle. But I would be sorely just remiss if I didn't mention Caesar. He's the dog commander. Uh-huh. And he is a good boy. He has two other soldiers that <laughs> accompany him to make sure that he's staying out of trouble. But he has his own army, Alex. Oh, perfect. Yeah. The dog needs an army. He, oh, he does. And there are a bunch of bandits that are trying to steal him through the course of a couple of missions. And he, Oh, you can't no, let that happen. he won't let it happen. Do they wear doggy armor? No. They're just, regu- ah. they're just regular soldiers. <laughs> Miss but Caesar does have armor on. So he's this big white poof. And he's got his own set of uh, silver and red armor so that he matches the other commanders from Cherry Stone. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'll have to send a picture into Discord. Hold on. Yes. Where the hell did that snipping Please tool do. go? So that was uh, Wargroove. And it seems like the backlog blog is now just a place where Getty talks about dogs and it's games. True. Yep, it seems to be that way. But for now, let's take a break and go into IRL. watched the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And Joel, you watched it quite a bit ago. <laughs> Getty, I assume you had not seen it yet. I have not seen it yet. Okay. I just wanted to wait until there was a quorum of people here to talk about that movie. Now, Joel, you liked the Sonic movie. Is that correct? Yeah. He's attacking I would it. say I... I <laughs> What, what, is this is this a prompt for you to tell me why I'm wrong? Yeah, it is, seems like it. You stand is accused. Is that sir. where we're going? You stand accused. You liked this movie. Accused. <laughs> How dare you, you garbage monster? No, I. It was fine. I think Steve uh, liked go. it more than me. It, it it was fine. Is the perfect light. I really want to say less nice things about this right now, but I'm going to hold my uh, gunpowder. No, I don't think it was that bad. I just also didn't think that Sonic needed to be in the movie. (laughs) I I think that someone wrote a script and then said, hey, we could make this for relatively cheap. And then they go, but you know what we need? We need something to sell. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. And then the original poster... Also gave credence to when they said, we originally wanted Chris Pratt. We couldn't get Chris Pratt. And that's kind of where that uh, the, the main character's friends with Sonic kind of thing comes in as well to me. Where it's like, Chris Marston. Was it Chris James. Marston? Was that his name? James Marston? It's like, James Marston, we know that you're like a second run Chris Pratt. And, and then, but Jim Carrey, very Jim Carrey. Yeah, I I don't see where the complaints are here. 
No, th- that's what I'm saying. Is that I don't necessarily have a complaint. It's just it really kind of like set the tone for me. How I felt throughout is that I kept just like looking at James Marston and just being like, "I know what I know what you're doing here. I know I know what you're, you're you're doing something. You're doing something." Jim Carrey though, it, it was just funny because also he did not need to be named Doctor Robotnik. He literally just could have been anybody and it was just jim carrey as the mask do you think maybe you were having too high hopes on this it movie before like going into it <laughs> well no 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 it's not that i had a problem with the movie it's more the fact of that i just again i didn't even have high, i didn't have any expectations and my expectations end up being or what my realization was the movie was kind of like i felt it didn't fall flat as in it was bad. It just, it didn't give me any feelings. That's, that's more what it is that I didn't feel, I didn't feel mad. I didn't feel upset. I didn't say this sucks. I just felt nothing. And that was, what was kind of weird to me. was that like, I watched it and I was like, I don't know how to say what I think about that because I don't feel anything for it. Did it make me laugh? Yes. Especially because that, the one that made me laugh most was the scene where he's playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? I'm sure you'll tell me. Because though the scene where he's playing baseball, there are way more characters on the field than just Sonic. It didn't make sense, and it was really funny. <laughs> so he would, he would pitch to himself, he would bat to himself, and then he would go into the field, be somebody that wasn't paying attention. Then he would be the umpire saying, throw it here, throw it here. And then he would be him running in slow-mo, sliding. Then it would be the pitcher being like, hey, where's the ball? Then he would be the outfielder throwing the ball. And then mm-hmm. he would still be sliding into home plate. Then he would be the umpire. It, it, it just kept like switching to a point that it didn't make any sense. And it was very funny to me. Hmm. But yeah, I just, I don't know. Joel, what did you like about the Sonic movie? <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a movie he got to see. I, I'm, I, I, I'm a sucker for a formulated children's movie using a, uh, a licensed property that speaks to me, and it fit the bill suitably for me that way. I mean, you know, it's. I think I think part of it is that I forgive the movie for having Sonic be sort of just you know it being an origin story for sonic i'm okay with that i'm okay with dr robotnik being basically just neurotically arrogant scientist man instead of his well-defined character from the game series i mean it's i accept that in an initial movie because if i think in terms of what like the people who want to make this movie are thinking they're thinking we want to get an audience outside of the the 35 to 40 year old dorky middle-aged men who are taking their kids to their movie to see the thing that they you know (laughs) have nostalgia for we want to go beyond that and, and reach a wider audience even too and in that sense it made sense to sort of set it up but then pepper in sort of in jokes and you know references that fans will really get like uh one of the funniest dads for me was the the guy from green hills 
who was like the only one that knew Sonic existed, and he was turned, he was treated like a crazy person. And then they said like, oh yeah, and he carried this picture around trying to show us what it looked like. And it was it was you know the the Sonic picture from uh, you know the internet circulated around since forever. <laughs> or uh, that was a classic one. Yeah, that, I mean that was a good one. The um, you know the problem is that it's it's been so long, relatively speaking. <laughs> It, you know, every day is a month right now, so it's like it feels even longer since we saw it. But a, a lot of the references and, and callbacks are there that I just can't think of right now uh, because it's been that I, I long since you've seen it. I can't remember what it was, but there was somebody playing the piano, and it was just the Green Hills theme, like done very slowly. Yeah, it, it was sort of like a drone shot flying overhead slowly, like. And, it, and the piano was done really slowly and sensually, almost like like it was just sort of a, a dreamy kind of sound to it. Um, yeah, and that that I thought was cool. And again, Jim Carrey, man, being the mask, it was a lot of what it was more so than I like. I, I, I everyone's like, oh, Jim Carrey's back. He's back to being old wacky Jim Carrey, and I didn't. I was like, okay, I get it. And then I saw it and I was like, holy crap, it's like we're back in the 90s. Mm, there's a darkness to the way he leans into this character more so than like the the sort of the mask and uh, 90s Jim Carrey was in a lot of his movies. Like there's, I don't, I don't know, like it's kind of weird in that like this, this is very clearly a kid's show. But then like his character has some some really dark intentions beyond just like let's capture this electric mouse and and study it to harness its power like they talked about him doing uh shadow ops jobs in the middle east using his drone technology for the u.s government and stuff and it's 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 kind of crazy how uh dark a tone they do in that way a little bit but like I, I don't but know. There's like a whole there, there's a whole dance number with him where he's just like dancing around and like do like just to a song he just like puts on his headphones and then he's like doing all these weird dances and in fact one of them was that like he made it look like his head was cut off and then he was dancing around without a head and mm-hmm. that was like funny. Mm-hmm. There was that's what I'm saying is that like I just I forgot what 90 like I've I've watched Ace Ventura like this year and yeah. I still was like shocked at holy crap he's back like that's really really like i you know yeah i didn't it's like when you see somebody like who has you know one of your one of your younger you know uh stars and you see them in a movie and you're like man they it, they're still the same person in there but they've aged right kind of see it yeah but i it didn't seem like he really missed a beat to me it just he just was back to being in the 90s jim carrey and i was like wow that's that's shocking yeah and part anyway. of Part of it's probably the way he was made up with his suit and like that. That uh, he has that big twirly mustache to start with, right? Because he, he's, he's yes. sort of like slicked back hair and and this uh, dramatic twirly mustache that makes him look cartoonish. And uh, I, I think that probably helps him look less old through the activities of the movie itself, right? Uh, I I suspect that the sequel he will probably still be a a bit manic but maybe they'll lean into more of like the the dastardly cartoonishly like evil you know antics with him since they went all out with the kind of him being a crazed loon stuck on the mushroom planet at the end that makes sense to me 
it just yeah I, I i just for some reason i was like sitting there and being like how do i feel about this and i just like couldn't put anything together it just was straight like a straight line nothing like well, there was no waves or anything and i was like i don't know i don't know why well, <laughs> I, well know. I mean like there, there really isn't too much novel to this movie i mean it's it is borrowing it's borrowing and lending off of a lot of recent people's clever novel ways of portraying things and and then appropriating it towards this movie like it does the slow down super speed thing where uh you know from the x-men movies right it would quicksilver yep yeah so like you know the whole thing where like time is almost standing still and they're showing him sort of zooming you know walking around normal speed dinking things around or, or repositioning stuff to make people look silly and then you know, they show time going back to normal speed and a blue blur going around and it just looks like a Rube Goldberg machine of like all the things he set up to go knock down, right? And yeah. like the the jokes aren't original, but they're performed well in a way that's still catch you and, and make you laugh. And so, uh, the, I mean, the random variable really is Jim Carrey in, in, in that sense. Like he is, he is the unpredictable card out of all the other action going on but uh no it's i don't know it's it's not uh oscar worthy material (laughs) insofar as anybody cares about the oscars but like it's it was entertaining i i I think it was worth the the family trip for us uh between oh there's the other bell Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh but uh you know for a family of four to see it opening night when my oldest really likes Sonic. Sure, why not? And you know, I I think they threw it up for rental already, so it's you can see it at home for like six bucks or something. That's why I got it from Redbox, and I wanted to uh, take a look at it. It, you know, what I will say, Sonic looks great, and the voice was fine. Yes. Yeah. So I, his 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 spins and everything look good. The way he ran, the way he he moved around, everything looked fantastic. They they really like I, I'm. I was one of those people where before this movie came out and it was the initial trailer with Nightmare Sonic, I, I've I was kind of of a mind like thinking this movie's probably gonna be a hot mess anyway. Just let them proceed with their hot mess <laughs> and, and and we can all move on and forget this enterprise happened. <laughs> but uh, you know, when they announced they're gonna do the reshoots or reanimation. But I will say, like they do a great approximation of the Sage of Genesis Sonic style uh, while still giving him sort of a, a more humanoid kind of feel a, a bit. But they, they definitely cartoonized uh, parts of his shape and his eyes and facial structure in a way that uh, made him more cutesy and more like his original design that I think helps. Getty, do you have any plans on watching the Sonic movie? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> After this whole conversation, like I, I've just been like taking a back seat. Like, yeah, it seems like there's a lot to unpack here. Except it's still a kids' movie, so if you're looking for a fun time, just watch it and try not to invest. But in I mean, do you plan? It. But do you plan on making Lisa watch it with you? I don't think that she would want to watch it. Hmm. I will say. Second kids video game movie to have a butthole joke. It was the first one in a row. Pikachu. Oh yeah. Pikachu. Yeah. 
they have another one and i looked to see him and i go another butthole joke he was like yep, 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 yep. <laughs> anyway let's move on to one last thing one last thing where we give one last sentence one last statement sending you the listener into the week the weekday for us into the weekend I go first as always, and I am doing my yearly rewatch of Video Game High School. I apologize to all my friends who have been receiving random texts from me throughout the last couple weeks as I make comments about the show. Do you guys know what a good name for a biker gang is? The Rumble Pack. <laughs> I had one of those. Pack. Yeah, I think we all did. And that's a really good name for a biker gang. Joel? Joel? So, uh, as you know now, Alex, uh, Kelly picked up Final Fantasy VII Remake for me here today, and uh, the hardest part of that is that I think I need to eat my vegetables first and play Final Fantasy VI before I start that, so might might be sitting on that for a little bit. That's fine. I, I gotta tell you both, though, I want live tweets of your reactions. The entire three-song uh, cross-dressing uh, drag show. I'm almost to that mm-hmm. point, so... You need to live tweet with several different uh, your initial reactions. I'm not going to live tweet. I, I, you took away my tweeting <laughs> privileges for the Super GG channel, so... No, I did not. I'm re- I'm giving them back to you just to get your reactions. Just for the reactions? I, I... <laughs> Alright, uh, Getty, what's your Oh, uh, no, I thing? want to hear what Joel had to say. Oh, I was going to say is I told Kelly that she should watch this while I play it, and now that you reminded me about that section, maybe I'll change my mind on that. What? No, it's fantastic. She would yeah, love Lisa's it. Yeah, Lisa's been entertained so. when I've been playing it, so. Hmm. Yeah, and Beth hmm. Beth loved the, watching the game. She said the whole thing looked like a movie. Hmm. She said, she goes, you're just playing a movie. It looks that good. I don't, I don't know what I'm seeing and what is happening, <laughs> but it's just... It's just out of control how good. Like that's what she kept saying. She was like, she'd come back. She'd she'd go to the like go to the bathroom, come back. She goes, "Is this? Are you even playing? Is there like stuff happening? Are you controlling it? Because it just looks like a movie." It doesn't matter. She'll be playing Animal Crossing when I use the TV. Oh anyway. yeah. Okay, Getty. One last thing. Uh, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. I have still been playing Persona Five every morning. I have gotten. Actually, I'm at the third boss fight, or the third palace fight. I just got to the start of it before I had to go to work. (laughs) So hopefully 30 minutes is going to be enough time tomorrow morning for me to finish that fight. Okay. So you'll finish it next year? No, you'll finish it this year. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Weekends are for (laughs) Resident Evil and Final Fantasy VII. And 30 minutes every day is allotted to Persona, so. Not a bad schedule. Sounds like a full life to me. Well, considering mm-hmm. that that's capped with, like, 11-hour work days. It's not. And Dungeons and & Dragons. And, yeah, we and did D&D last night. That was exciting. There we go. Ugh. And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at SuperGGRadio and Twitch.tv slash SuperGGRadio, where Multiplayer Mondays, I guess, is getting hijacked to play Anthem. It's just... I wanted to do it once for this project. One more week, okay? Fine. One more week of Anthem. We also have Joel and Kelly on week two of Moving Out. That game's just fun to watch. 
Like, I was watching you guys play it, and I was dying laughing the entire time. Uh, Kevin and Sam are keeping it together. I got it, I got it right this time. I wrote Did you it really? Yeah. With Divinity Original Sin 2. Uh, again, just a delight to watch. Ton, tons of fun for me. I mean, I think I'm getting these Twitch streams and then putting them on YouTube just for me at this Probably. point. Probably. And I'm okay with that. Okay, and uh, we started Magic the Gathering Sundays. We started it. We're working out some kinks with the audio. But other than that, it's looking good. We're going to skip this week because of Mother's Day. But we're on next Sure. Week. I was going to try and trick Joel into playing some Magic Arena. <laughs> on Mother's Day? <laughs> yeah, we go from 9 to 10, man. Hmm. See, that's a good idea. Hmm. If you guys want it, the floor is yours for Sunday. Do it, Magic the Gathering Sundays. I'll have to check and see if that's installed. Arena? Yeah, you should have it, unless you uninstalled it. Yeah, I did some fridge cleaning, so I don't really know. I'll have to find out. Damn. I know I uninstalled it. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com. And provide a review on iTunes or the Streets of Rage chicken of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG Joel. GG. Good GG game. game. Good night, everybody. Thank you.